You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Come on, come all, and welcome in Inside Black and Gold, that is. And we have a special organized team activity edition. We're cranking it out as the Saints prepare to start hitting the practice field. And we get actually ready for real, well, I guess, kind of real football talk, you would say. Kind of, almost. Yeah, it's it's Monday when we're recording this. The first day of Saints OTAs is Tuesday, May 23rd. So not a lot of runway between now and when OTAs actually starts. So we're not going to be spending a ton of time diving into like, oh, here's what you might see. Here's what you might see. But... I do want to go over like who we expect to be there yeah. and who we don't expect to be there. Cause I think this one will be the, it's kind of like to me, like preseason games of like, okay, the first one is when you'll see the fewest amount of people. The second one is when you might see the most. And then the third one is when you might see like a different set of people missing. Right. And so that all starts tomorrow. We're also going to have interviews with Dr. David Chow, pro football doc to go over some of the injured players that were coming back that, you know, we're going to be interested to see. And then we have an interview with Drew Brees that um, we got on Friday on sports talk that I've pared down and we're going to play for you and kind of talk about some of the things he brought up. But yeah, first things first, OTAs on Tuesday. How are you excited, Steve? It kind of feels like this is the unofficial start of the, it's almost like the preseason to the preseason. Yeah, I mean, we got a little taste, obviously, with the rookie mini camp, and this will give us uh, even more access to some of the veteran players that are now uh, showing up for these voluntary workouts. And like you said, um, the thing that we'll be doing first when we get there, I, actually, though, we do with every practice, is you start taking attendance. And yeah, yeah finding out who's showing up for these will be important. And I think we're going to see some pretty solid numbers showing up uh, they usually do for the Saints. And just some of the guys, I guess, with the question is going to be due to injuries for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like the ones well, we know who we're not going to see, right? But the, the the interesting part to me is there's a lot of new faces on this team this year, more so than than I feel like I remember in other years. Like, you'd see some turnover 
But I feel like, I mean, between quarterback, wide receivers, running back, an entirely new defensive interior, right? Like Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders is the first time we're going to see them out there. So to me, that's what tomorrow is. It's like getting used to seeing Foster Moreau in number 82 in a Saints jersey because that's what he's going to be wearing, who who I expect to see, by the way. Like, I would be surprised if Foster wasn't out there because to me, I think he's trying to prove a point. Like, if he didn't have cancer this offseason, and I know this sounds kind of weird, but just stay with me. If he didn't have cancer and he was just signing, I think there's a chance he doesn't show up. But to me, I think it's like, no, I'm I'm good and I'm going to prove it and I'm going to be out there. So I expect to see him. But, you know, like guys like Jamal Williams going to be really interesting. James Washington, I think he's going to be wearing 89. There's one other that, oh, Brian Edwards is going to be interesting to watch. Like there's a lot of intriguing names out there that this time last year we, we weren't talking about. So I do think that's going to be interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, along with a array of new bodies on the roster, there's definitely going to be, you know, new position coaches to check out as well. Uh, there was some even during rookie minicamp. I was like, wait a minute, who's that now with the secondary kind of thing? So, yeah, just getting used to a, a lot of new faces. Yeah, Marcus Robertson, great beard. Yeah, um, right, exactly. <laughs> Todd Grantham, you know, uh, who, who is some like uh, Cody Burns is back from last year. Um, you know, Joe Woods, who who is, you know, he he's interesting because I, I feel like it, it's strange because last year Ryan Nielsen kind of felt like, a head coach in waiting, like in training almost like you, they would send Ryan Nielsen out there and you could tell, like, even from the way he spoke to the media that he was waiting for his opportunity to advance, right? Like you could see it kind of like when you dealt with Dan Campbell, like you could always see like there was higher ambitions there. Like he would eventually be a full coordinator, head coach, whatever. I don't get that impression from Joe Woods. I feel like Joe Woods is very comfortable in the role he's in. And, and like, I, I don't say that in a negative way. I just say that in, I think for this to work, you need someone like that, right? Like I, I could, because if this staff stays intact for years and years and years, you are never going to be the real, the, the true defensive coordinator on Dennis Allen's staff, right? Like, right. and that's why it was, it was doomed from the start in terms of, okay, Ryan Nielsen and Chris Bouchard are going to be like the second and third in command or, you know, wh- however you want to call it. Both of them want to be full defensive coordinators. Both of them probably want to be head coaches in the NFL someday. This wasn't the route for that. But Joe Woods, I feel like, is very much comfortable where he is. So anyway, I, like, I think as we hear from him more, I think that the, the reason I have that impression will become more and more clear. It's just from what I've heard from him, he doesn't strike me as someone who's like, man, I want to be calling the plays. I want to be doing this. It's like, no, he's comfortable in his role. And I think that's helpful when you have Dennis Allen kind of leading the show. And so we're going to get to see how he operates a little bit more starting uh starting tomorrow too real curious off off the top of your head do you know if chris richard ended up anywhere because i can't recall him latching on with anyone i haven't heard anything i know he, he's in that escalator program like the coaching escalator thing okay. that uh that that started but i don't believe that he is coaching anywhere currently i mean i could be wrong maybe he latched on somewhere and it wasn't reported maybe he's yeah. like an analyst somewhere or like a consultant i don't know but he didn't land anywhere as like a coordinator or anything like that or like a secondary coach. Yeah. It was it, That's just curious. Obviously the Saints definitely then moving on from him, obviously, and did not have any interest in elevating him to that sole defensive coordinator role with the team. Well, no, because I, I think, again, like I think the reason that happened is because you were, even if you were the sole defensive coordinator, you are not the defensive coordinator. 
Yeah. Right. It is in title only. You're not calling the plays. You are not getting the credit, but you probably will get the blame. And <laughs> it's like a lot of people probably wouldn't want to be in that situation. And they didn't sign on to be in that situation. Right. Both of those guys were hired by Sean Payton on Dennis Allen's staff. And you didn't know how that was all going to turn out. Right. Then all of a sudden the system is what it is. And I think that's where, where things got over anyway. It, that's not really what we came in here to talk about, but it is kind of, I think that one of the reasons the defense did not hit, I would argue it's expectations last year. Like it finished below the ceiling of what you probably wanted it to be was I don't, I don't think that group, that defensive group kind of coalesced the way that it was, it probably was wanted to whether that was due to one or more of the people in there or people not getting the opportunities that they felt like they might've deserved or just not feeling comfortable in that setup. I don't know, but it wasn't, it didn't work right. Like at least early in the season, like things didn't look right early in the season. And so hopefully that changes. Hopefully that's not the case this year. Um, Cause like you look at some of the games that the, that the saints lost. And if you were getting like the, the defensive performance you got late in the year in the first six, eight weeks of the season, I think you win at least one more game, maybe two, right? You probably beat the Bengals. You probably beat the, the Panthers week two, right? Although that's a tough example because, you know, the Panthers scored on a fumble six. So maybe not the Panthers, right? But, you know, who, who was week, um, week, you know, the Bucks maybe that game, although they played pretty well in that game. Anyway, like I, I think you do need to see that. Like the Vikings game is probably the best example of a game that they probably win if the defense shows up like the defense you wanted it to be. And it was at the end of the year. Um, so that's something to watch. But why don't we go through the players who we don't expect to see yeah. tomorrow? And so you, you kind of alluded to this. So guys I don't expect to see due to injury are Cesar Ruiz, obviously, dealing with that list, Frank injury. We might see him out there like working with trainers. I right. don't think we will. Maybe at maybe the second one or the third one. I don't think this is the one where you get him out there, but who who knows for sure. So we'll see. Trevor Penning dealing with the same thing. Like, right. it wouldn't surprise me if these guys were in the building and just not out there working. And the same could be true of Michael Thomas. Right. Um, either way, like, I don't expect to see any of them out there doing drills because of their health. And I also don't expect to see them just, like, standing on the sideline. A guy like uh, Kendra Miller, though, we did see him doing some work off the side for rookie minicamp. Maybe yeah. that's a situation where obviously he feels obligated. Like we know they're voluntary, but as the rookie. Oh, he'll be there. Rookies yeah, are going to be there. I, I, no I'm just wondering if we're going to see him also on the field or will it kind of be in the building away from our eyes kind of deal. So, that yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how the team works and, and figures that out. I think you're looking – at Rashid Jaheed from last year, right? Like, because he was in a similar boat of he dealt with the knee injury in his final game of college. He was coming back from that. And, you know, like, he actually had something to prove. Kendra, I don't think, does. Like, he's going to make the roster. He doesn't even need – like, he could have the worst training camp of his life. He's still going to make the roster. Last year, Rashid was not in that in that case. Right. Um, and they were still kind of holding him out for OTAs probably full well knowing they were probably going to cut him at the end of camp regardless of how he performed. And it was just kind of like a, okay, it's fine. Like this is how, this is the roadmap for you. 
don't panic, just get healthy and come back. And I think that's going to be what they try to do with Kendra. But I guarantee you he's going to be angling to get out there in some way. So I think what what I would like to see and what you probably will see is as these OTAs go forward, you see him get a little bit more incorporated. Like maybe he takes part in some of the individual drills and not the team drills. Um, kind of like we saw from Mike Thomas in camp, right? Like he was out there from day one of training camp last year, but he wasn't a full participant until like week three, week four even. Like it took a while before he was just going through all the drills. And so I, I think that's kind of what you're what you're going to see is like, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him get some individual work tomorrow specifically, because I think the team is cognizant of like, you know, they want to they want to like show off what they got there. So like maybe he wouldn't work in the second two days of practice when it's closed to the media, but I think they're going to want to get him out there when he's healthy. Yeah. That's another thing to keep in consideration too. It's like what we see Tuesday might not be the same participation on Wednesday, Thursday, obviously. And we, we won't know because we won't be there kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. Right. And uh, I feel like last year was the final day of OTAs that we were out there for practice. I agree. Right. This year they're giving us the first day, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if it changes that much, but you know, I, I do think that it's like there were times last year where guys would be there on day one and not be there on day three. Yes, exactly. So there's a chance the attendance is actually better. Cause like, I remember we would see like pictures, like they'll put out a gallery of like, Oh, first day of OTAs. And you'll see this person, this person, this person. And then you go there <laughs> on the Wednesday and be like, well, where's CJ Gardner Johnson? Right. I think that was the case last year. No, it might be the um, case. Like, yeah. Like the, the Thursday session might be like Friday and people are like, Oh, I'm out of here. I'm not sticking around. Well, you know, they're going in to get, you know, to have a meeting and sit down and like, okay, this is what we need you to work on over the next couple of weeks, the next month. And then it's like, yeah, but you don't need to be there on Friday. Like, you're right. Fine. This is, <laughs> and, and I think to an extent, like you're okay with the veterans not being there because the people you actually need to see are the young players, the new players, right? Like these are guys you want to get working. If you're doing eight reps of team drills, you want to see the the new guys in those team drills. You don't need to see Alvin Kamara run up you know <laughs> you know a handoff <laughs> like you know what he looks like you know he's gonna be there anyway right give it to Eno benjamin please right he needs right. it give it to anybody anybody that's not the you know like anyone you have to learn something about anyway uh going back so there's two other players who got cut it's cy barnett the wide receiver out of davenport i don't know if he got cut because he dropped a couple passes at rookie minicamp but he dropped multiple passes while i was watching him in that like 15 minute <laughs> segment that we were allowed to watch and all suddenly he's cut like it kind of feels like you know there's not a lot you can do to make the team but there are some things you can do to not make the team and i think he did it yeah it's like almost like oh we saw enough you have terrible hands we're moving on (laughs) like if you're (laughs) if you can't catch it here you're not catching it um anyway and then cornerback vincent gray and then they did sign four players so they signed defensive tackle jack heflin running back ellis merriweather defensive lineman nico lalos who's a familiar name. We've seen him before. Yeah. And then defensive back, Adrian Fry. They also signed James Washington. who's going to be wearing number 89 and Foster Morrow. Who's wearing 82. And to go back, Heflin's going to wear 95. Merriweather is going to wear 35. Lalos is going to wear 54. And Adrian Fry is going to wear 44. So all of those guys <laughs> guarantee you will be there. I, with the exception of maybe Foster, if his doctor says, you know what, maybe t- hold off. But like I said, I expect him to be out there. Yeah, that whole story has been pretty amazing. And just from our standpoint, really curious to see his the conditioning, his energy, and just what he's able to do on the field because 
I don't know. I, I, everyone I talk to thinks it's pretty amazing that he's able to undergo these treatments and be able to participate in football, pra- NFL football practices already. This isn't just, you know, hanging around doing some notes on your laptop. Yeah, see, from hearing him talk about it, I don't think it was ever really a huge issue for him in terms of like, he said he only had like 10 days where he couldn't work out because he wasn't getting chemo or anything like that. It was a drug that, you know, he had an IV drip and then he had three shots and it went and it took care of the, the lymphoma he was dealing with. And I was back. And like down the road, he might need to get more treatment. But right sure. now it's just like, yeah, you're going anyway. So we talked about that. Let's talk about the players that I don't expect to be there. So yeah. like Demario Davis, no. Marshawn Lattimore, no. Alvin Kamara, no. Those are the three that I am 100% confident will not be there. Uh, seeing DeMario doing whatever kind of workouts with Cam Jordan in the team's facility might have me swaying towards seeing you know, him out there. But yeah, that obviously doesn't that signify just because they had him in a picture working at the facility that he's going to be around for those voluntary workouts. Well, I mean, like a lot of the players have been in the facility and like doing off-season program stuff. Yeah. Like that's not unusual. Um, I just he wasn't there last year. I don't anticipate him going to be there this year. The same with Marshawn. Same with Alvin. I would. I don't think Tyron's going to be there. Tyron was there last year because it was his first year on the team, and I think anyone who is new to the team is going to be there. But I don't think Tyron's going to be there this year. Marcus May as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there. And then the offensive lineman, I think, is a question, right? Like Ryan Ramchek, anyone on a rookie deal that's going to be there? Ryan Ramchek, I think, will probably not be there. Eric McCoy, probably not there. Andres Pete, probably not there. Anyone in a position battle? Probably, yes. We're like a James Hurst, who I think still is in position battle for left tackle, is probably going to be there. And it's more James Hurst competing against Trevor Penning's health <laughs> than technically competing against Trevor Penning. But I think he'll be there. So, like, those three offensive linemen, Eric McCoy, Ryan Ramchek, Andres Pete. Um, and then Taysom Hill, I think I would not be surprised if he's not there either. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's got much to prove. Uh, we're not talking about any kind of position change this year. Right. Uh, we, we, we know he's going to be in that utility role again. So uh, yeah, I know he had to deal with a groin injury early on last year. So definitely give the Swiss Rib Army injury. knife plenty of rest. Was that rib injury? You're talking about you're thinking Pete Warner. Oh, Warner had the groin. That's right. Yeah, who this time last year was working off to the side with trainers, right? Because he was dealing with that groin injury. That's right. Um, he had the rib pace. Yeah, he's another guy that like he's on a rookie deal, so I expect the rookie deal guys to be there, right? Like Pete Warner, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor. Like you're, you don't see those guys skip OTAs, and if they do, it's usually like look. Think about uh, the guy for the Giants, Florida, um, got traded midseason, first round pick. Gosh, I'm blanking. The tight end? No, wide receiver. He ended up on the Chiefs oh, and won oh, Super Bowl. Um, Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Right, like he skipped workouts, and immediately it was like this is an issue. Like, and it's not because you need to be at these workouts, but when you are a rookie or a second-year player or a third-year player, it seems like it's sending a message. Just like C.J. Gardner Johnson, like his whole offseason was trying to send a message, like this is not going the way I want it to go, and you could see it. It wasn't. It, w- it was not difficult to identify, and. It, and I think when you're a young player and you're skipping voluntary workouts, when you know it's like you are getting better, this is your development time. Then it's kind of a, I think it's, it's indicating something beyond like, oh, I want a weekend off. So that's something. The funny thing is I, I, would, I would bet money, money, that Jameis Winston is there. It's the opposite reason of like a Taysom Hill, who if 
he was competing to be quarterback, to be a starting quarterback. He's there in the role that you have him in at tight end. I don't think he is there. Whereas Jameis Winston is definitely not competing to be a starting quarterback, but just his personality is going to have him be out there. I would be very surprised if Jameis is not out there tomorrow. No, I, I definitely feel the same way. The fact that, you know, we've seen him be that team first guy all along, no matter what the situation's been. And you know what? Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to want to let his grasp of that number two role goal uh, go, even sure. if, even if, you know, it's going to take a lot, obviously, for a rookie like Jake Hayner to become Derek Carr's backup. But heck, anytime you're not in the building, it gives him that extra leg up. So, yeah, I would, I would think Winston's going to be that competitor and be there right from get one, day one for him. It's a good point. Like, I don't, I, I'm not going through position battles right now because I don't think it's worth talking about until you at least get into the mini camp. But like one of the position battles this offseason, and it's going to be a stilted one, like it's going to be Jameis way out ahead to start, but it's Jameis Winston and Jake Hayner for the backup quarterback job is a position battle. Like it will be very difficult for Jake Hayner to win it, but it is at least in consideration, right? Like, like Marshawn Lattimore is not competing with anybody. Alvin Kamara is not competing with anybody. Like there are people like maybe Kendry Miller and Jamal Williams for like some of the backup snaps, right? Like that's possible, but like no one's contending with to take Alvin's job this year. No one's contending to take Chris Olave's job. This year. It's, it's a very much set and you're just kind of seeing who develops where, but backup quarterback, you know, it, they paid Jameis, like Jameis is under contract. It wouldn't hurt to only have two quarterbacks active on game day. Right. And if Jay, and if Jay Kaner showed up and like was that guy and it was very clear that you could trust him from day one, maybe it's worth saving that roster spot. I don't know. But anyway, I think it's a, it's a good point. Yeah. It just seems like a, obviously a huge uphill battle and things would go dramatically wrong for Jameis Winston in camp. If he were to be the number three guy, obviously. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Like he would have to do something crazy. Like he, like, I think the way I described it last time and I stick with it, it's like, if you were it'd be like running a 400 and like Jameis is already three turns in. And like the only way Jay Kaner could possibly catch up would be like Jameis like trips over a ghost and falls and, you know, like it, then it's, and even then it's like, if he just got up and, and jogged, he'd probably win still, but it's like, he, he needs to, if he falls over and then it just lays there on the ground, like that's the only way. Anyway, that's a kind of a long form way to describe that. But I think that's a good way to look at it is like Jake Hayner could be fantastic. It would still require Jameis to not do the job, like to, to just kind of like fall over on himself. I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, we'll, we'll start to see that tomorrow, but I do like, regardless of whether Jake, quote unquote, wins that position battle. He's still going to be a really interesting guy to watch because you want to see the progression. You want to see him get better and better. Like, I don't mind if he struggles tomorrow, right? I want to see him by the end of training camp, not struggling with the same stuff he struggled with on the first day of OTAs. Yeah, unlike our good buddy Ian Book, who we just get worse never, over we never saw that <laughs> clock in his head get any faster. <laughs> no, I think he got worse. I think he he actually regressed from like the times that he just, like I feel like he was better in his first off season than he was in the second. Anyway, so yeah, let's let's wrap up that second. We're gonna go in and we're gonna play you an interview that we did with Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc on Twitter. Check him out. Not Michael Thomas is not his biggest fan, but he. Kind of did nail Michael Thomas's outlook last year, considering he played three games and then did not was not heard from again. So I, I do very much trust his opinion, even if Mike T doesn't. Um, but we're going to come back with that. You're listening to Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. 
He's Steve Geller. We got OTAs starting on Tuesday. Stick around. Stick around.